what does becoming a record breaker require? How do we go further than anyone has gone before and leave a legacy of mastery? How do we push the limits of what's possible and elevate craft to the level of art? Bulgari's new podcast, Be Maestro, is answering these questions with a series of exclusive interviews. Together, we'll uncover the unique paths that extraordinary individuals forged when achieving the seemingly impossible. Each guest is a master in their field who has made a mark on time. Be Maestro, a Bulgari podcast inspired by the record-breaking spirit of the Octo Finissimo Watch Collection. Time stands still. You're listening to the Be Maestro podcast. Lorenzo Viotti is a free man. The Franco-Swiss conductor of the Dutch National Opera is only 31 years old, but his Italian style challenges the established rules. His passion is classical music, but he also enjoys rap, electro, sports, and fashionable sneakers. His father was also a conductor, but he wants to turn traditions upside down. Lorenzo Viotti opens a new era. Hi guys, my name is Lorenzo Viotti and I'm a conductor, a passionate of life, and I'm very, very happy to be with you all here today in Paris. Buongiorno, Lorenzo. We are in the Bulgari store in Paris. We are in France, of course, but also a little bit in Italy. You are Franco-Swiss, your father was also a conductor, and your mother is a musician. You really didn't have a choice, did you? Oh yes, actually, I had a choice. I was born in an extraordinary family that just gave us love, generosity and freedom to choose whatever we wanted to do. Because I have three siblings, two sisters, one brother, and we're all musicians. So yes, on the paper, it looks like we had no choice. But actually, the luxury we had from our parents was that they gave us the freedom to choose what we wanted to do. I would say we have a lot of Italian blood, And that's why I'm extremely happy that you said we're a bit in Italy because I don't feel I am in Paris in this room, actually. Also, we are surrounded by a lot of Italian friends. I hear Italian speaking everywhere. That makes my heart very happy. Obviously, you hear my French accent. I cannot change that. My dad, indeed, was an extraordinary conductor, but he was just an amazing father first. You know, and this is what I remember the most of it. And um, he was, when I say generous, It means emotionally speaking. His happiness was when he was with us at home with his four kids working in the garden, playing with us soccer, for example, with my brother. And at the same time, he was sharing with us all the time new pieces of music that he discovered. Okay, listen to that piece. Oh, and now listen to that phrase. So you see, that's what I mean. The freedom to be able to like or to not like. I think this is extremely important in education to have that choice. We, I would say my parents were lucky because we were all huge fans of classical music and we loved to travel with them. It could have been that one of us would be like, no, I want to stay at home. I don't like classical music. No, we were all extraordinarily sensitive to that type of art. You can imagine it was just a fest every day at home because we were breathing music, art, um, different style of music as well, dancing, You have videos of us at home. I am like four years old. My brother is one. My sister's six and eight. We're in the office of my dad. 
My sister is singing. I am beating with a pencil the beats as a conductor. My brother is in the baby seat. He doesn't know what's happening around him. My other sister played the piano like hours long. So yeah, music was, it's in our DNA, absolutely. But when did you really decide or feel that you wanted to be a conductor and what was your journey? At which point did you decide in, in your heart to become a conductor? Um, to decide in my heart, I think, um, was the first time I stepped on a podium. I stood in front of musician and I had to conduct. I think this job, which is one of the most extraordinary job on the planet, I really believe so, You can only know if you are made for it when you do it, when you try it. Before, it's kind of a dream, you know. I was, as a child, fascinating by that, you know. I never slept in an opera. Now, for example, as a public, sometimes I fall asleep myself in a public because I know much more now what to expect. But as a child, I was always awake. I was even shocked sometimes, you know, my first opera memory. I was maybe six years old, five, and I saw someone on stage dying. Because in the opera, in the story, this man was dying. And then I saw him alive backstage. So as a child, I was like, it's not possible. For the first time in my life, I face death and resurrection. And for me, it was impossible. So I realized, wow, theater, you can play with life and death. You can play someone else. You can actually bring a word because of the music, because of an instrument on another layers of emotion. The light has an impact on the sound. The sound has an impact on the text. Everything was related. This guy in the middle with his weird movement and the stick can manipulate. I was like, what is that? I had no idea. And my dad was this guy in the middle, but I was no idea what he was doing. You know, as a child, you're just too young to realize those things. But when you ask me what was my journey, I have a very unorthodox way to reach where I am today. I'm not a very academist person. I never believed in school. I believe in discipline and to believe in your dream and to work extremely hard and not to rely on what we can call a natural talent. What does your job really consist of? Sometimes I still ask myself that now, you know, I would say on the paper, it's to make everyone play together. I have sometimes more than 300 people to lead and some of them are 25 meters away from me. Some of them are one meter near me. But at the end of the day, the public has to hear one unity. So my job technically with my movement is to time with the space that the sound comes together in the middle. So if I have someone which is 25 meters away from me has to play exactly at the same times as the violin, which is two meters away from me, my movement has to be different. I have to anticipate the movement because the sound with the distance will come with delay. So technically it's a job of an organizer with the space and the sound. But this is, for me, 5% of what my real job is. When you are conducting, do you feel you are conducting in your body, like music is playing inside yourself? I don't even think of it. It's absolutely in me. That's why I think you have a difference sometimes when you see conductors with someone who learn technique and you see his movement has not a real impact on the sound and someone that is the music. I don't know what I will do tomorrow in the concert or tonight at the rehearsal, which movement I will do. 
there is always a difference because I need to react also on them. Sometimes I have to do something a bit more aggressive if I want to sound like that. If a group is sometimes sleepy, I need to wake them up with a certain technique or a movement or eyes look or anything. But you have to be in the moment and you always have to anticipate what can they not do or what can they do. So that's why there's never an end to my job. Every day is different. You like rap, jazz, electro. Are you a 2.0 conductor? People know much more about everyone because of social media and everything. You know, everything. Yeah, you can check someone on internet and know like his size, what he likes, what did he eat, etc. So there is not a lot of secret anymore, but I don't consider myself as a new, new thing. I'm just me, but I'm extremely lucky to have been able to have the possibility to just discover that and to permit myself to say, yes, I love Kendrick Lamar. I was in his concert like three years ago in Paris and the day afterwards I was conducting at the opera. I was doing pogo in the concert with my brother. I was in a techno rave party as well. And the next day I conduct Brahms. It makes me extremely rich in terms of emotion, in terms of knowledge. Rap is poetry. Techno is our electro music is a very smart way of manipulating our body because it's always the same tempo, a tempo where you can actually not dance fast, but not walk. It's exactly in between. So that's why you can dance for 12 hours, for example, because it's related to your heartbeat. So it's a very smart type of music. If I can learn from that and actually bring it to my body, to my movement, to my emotion, I will never stop. I will always try to discover something new. Are you going to be a conductor for the rest of your life? Is that something you are thinking about? Especially right now, you know, a lot of things are shifting in my world and not really in the right way, I would say, in classical music. That's why I said it's one of the most extraordinary jobs on the planet. Because at 65 years old, I will not stop. I can do that until I die. If I want to do it, this is different. This is my life, my choice. You say that baguette is only 1% of your job. The organization gesture is 1% of my work. To put everyone together, it's something has to work. You know, it has to function. The way you do it, this is 99%. The human relationship is like you. Your question is 1%. The way you ask those questions makes the biggest difference. Doing better with less. This is something we try to understand in this podcast. Does this sentence mean something to you? Oh, yes, a lot. It joined uh, many aspects of what we spoke about already. This is my point of view, really. But I don't believe as a conductor, because you do big movements, you will have a big impact on the sound. It's all about preparation. You know, you have that a lot in martial arts, the calm before the hit, you know, the breathing, the tension you bring to center yourself before you do a movement, before you do the action. People misunderstand passion for something always. He's super passionate. He moves so much. He was sweating everywhere. Yes, but why? Okay, if it is really a storm musically and you have to, wow, you have to do it, absolutely. But if it's not needed in the music, why should you do it? You will get more concentration and more focus on the 90 people which are around you if sometimes you do much less. So suddenly they don't see movements, you know? They see nothing, they're more focused. And then, boom, you do the movement that you want for the sound you need, and then you have the impact. That's my, of course, goal, is in the concert to do much less so they play by themselves much more. So they listen to each other much more, the sound is better. And then when you need a stronger impact, 
then you can do it. You have a strong relationship with sport. You are training a lot. And is it really important for your job? I think so. For me, it's extremely important. I stand sometimes 11 hours a day in front of an orchestra, in front of singers, in front of a chorus. And it's very physical. You work all the time with your arms. You, you stand. Sometimes you sit. You travel 14 hours in an airplane and six hours later you have to conduct an opera. Sometimes you do a concert, which is a three hours long concert, emotionally, extremely physical. And at five in the morning, you take the next airplane to rehearse at 10 in another country with another temperature. So if you're not fit physically, you will not be fit um, mentally. I don't care to have uh, arms like that or legs like that. For me, it's to be sharp. If when I stand in front of an orchestra, my mind has to be extremely fast. So I don't lose time because sometimes I have one hour rehearsal for a piece, which is two hours long. What do you do? You need to be an architect to, to build in one second when you hear the orchestra, okay, I will rehearse like that. Da, 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 da. And then you know exactly where to stop, who, what, why, etc., etc. If you start to have pain in your arm and in your back, you will not have the same speed. So for me, it's extremely important. It's kind of a medication. What is the relationship to time when you are conducting an ensemble? Well, it's a, it's a lot. You know what I said before that I have um, an opera of three and a half hours and I have a rehearsal of two hours. What do you do? Timing. When you speak to someone, conversation, someone who speaks slowly and the energy goes always down or someone who speaks super fast, you know, it can be stressy, can be boring, can be sleepy. So to find the right rhythm, when you stop an orchestra, For the last six minutes where everyone is tired to try to reach, you know, when you are tired, even more focus to try to reach even like the limit. It can go super well or it can go as well because no one is focused anymore and it's less good than the previous version. So what do you do? It's just a psychologically trick. It depends on the time. It depends on the orchestra. It depends on the day. It depends on the hour. It depends on the mood. Timing is a very important aspect of my job. Would you say as a conductor, you have the power to stretch time? I wouldn't say stretching, but I would say I can play with a space, time, sound. Sometimes you listen to music and you completely lose the sense of time. Why people want to listen always to, let's say, classical piano, slow music when they want to relax? Because it gives them a sense of losing control, relaxing, time flies, everything. If you touch something, if you grab something, no, for me, it's too concrete. And I think music is something that you cannot see, you cannot touch, you can only listen. And this sense are, and are, this instrument that we all have, our ears, is something that we don't realize how deep can we go into the sensitivity of it. Because we listen every day to chaos. Cars, honk, subway, scream, bad words. It's very acid what we are listening to every day. Silence is the best music for me because you listen to yourself. Finally, you can listen to your heartbeat. You can listen to subtle stuff. As a conductor, you can play, you can manage actually those emotions of people. But uh, it doesn't work all the time. It is is magic, but magic is very rare. And that has to stay like that. Do you have a mission as a young conductor to attract the new generation? Of course, the goal for me as a conductor, as the bridge between two institutions, is to narrow the new generation. 
And this is very simple, to speak with them, to invite them to my rehearsal. So there's an orchestra, there's 2,000 people. We play a music, but I have a microphone and I explain what we're doing. I'm a chef. I cook sound, but probably they have no idea. They think it's the most intellectual thing of music, classical music, old-fashioned, old people, intellectual. It's not true. Of course, it's the Champions League of music. Absolutely. But you can feel it. Anyone can feel, but with the right introduction. With someone who tells you, okay, think of that image. Think of that emotion. And now listen and try to get yourself completely introduced by that vibration in your ears. By having this picture in your mind, everyone will feel it. And we did it. In Lisbon, we did a rehearsal from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. of Sacre du Printemps. It's not the most easy piece on earth. Huh? We had grandparents. We had kids, eight years old. We had teenagers. We had punk couple. We had every type of human being in that room. And I invite them to be in the orchestra as well. Because there were so many people that I say, we cannot refuse people. It's not possible. So I said, okay, how many chairs do we have in the foundation? It was like 45. I went, I took the chairs, I put them on stage between the musician everywhere. I said... Come, you have pictures, you have no idea, of young people like tears in their eyes, like hugging each other next to musicians. You have musicians sharing their love and their passion to it. I'm not a model. I'm not an influencer. I'm a conductor. If you want me to do something and I'm good at it, is to fight for my art. If I can endorse the legacy of an incredible brand and to use it as a platform to narrow like people of fashion here, of course I will do it. And I will be extremely proud to mix the history of luxurious brands, of fashion, of textile, fabrics, jewelry, with music. Because we're all the same at the end. We try to be the excellence of our art for everyone. How will it be when you are 70? As a conductor, you should probably act differently somehow. I had a master's, we call it like that in conducting. And there were already, let's say, the older generation like my grandfather, they were not fit anymore. But when you arrive in front of an orchestra with 70, 80 years old, first the musician, they know what you have done. In the past 50 years, they have been following you, they have been playing with you. So you become already kind of a legend. And when I remember, he passed away uh, one month ago, Bernard Haiting, he was my master. You know, at the end of his life, he was walking very slowly. He couldn't do a lot of movement. But every movement he was doing, it was a world. And the musician were like on his lips when he was talking, was on the tip of his finger. And, you know, I remember him conducting the unfinished symphony of Schubert, which is for me kind of a, a goodbye for life. He was conducting, he was almost not doing anything, but he was smiling and giving the hands to the musician. It's an emotion... I still have goosebumps because you see the man who did 50 or 60 years of conducting, who reached a point where he knows and he's sorry. He said, I'm sorry, I cannot do more. You know, the humility this man had and the generosity at the same time. So this is where you reach most of the time, like the quality of something divine that you cannot explain. And this is where you believe that sometimes there is a connection but at the end of the day, I think the best lesson I had from a teacher is to find my own language and to just jump into cold water and to do it and to face mistakes alone, not with the protection of a teacher. You're also a percussionist. 
a conductor who plays drums. Is that really serious? I'm not a serious person. Absolutely not. So, yeah, if you want that answer, you shouldn't take it too seriously. That's why I say, we play at the end. We play. I say to somebody, the musician, come on, I'm super strict. I'm very disciplined. But we need to have fun. You need to play. It's a playground. We have instruments and we're paid to play. And we're so lucky. And yeah, I play the drums. I like to do jam session, also to play the drum on stage and to conduct at the same time in a suit, super serious. But I will add my sneakers on top or I come in a rehearsal, not super fancy. It's me, you know, I really don't care what people would think at the end. But I think if you follow your own soul and, and heart, people will accept you. And if they don't, well, I don't care. <laughs> You've been listening to Be Maestro, the Bulgari original podcast. Join us in our next episode to unveil the secrets of those who make their mark on time. Ciao a tutti.